This week on the Step Back with Andrew Martini, I'll be talking about the Hawks' recent struggles, Lamella Ball and the surprisingly fun Hornets. What's up with the Bucks? And can the Thunder keep this up? Stay tuned. This is the first of what I hope to be many weekly podcasts. Uh, here, I'm just going to be discussing and giving my opinions on what's been going on in the NBA. So let's get right into it. First team I really want to talk about this week is the Hawks. Uh, the Hawks had this really hot start, starting 4-1. and one, And then now they're 4-5. and five. They dropped the last four in a row. And I think a lot of that has to do with Trey Young just hasn't looked quite like he did those first five games and quite like he was last season. So in those first five games, Trey was averaging 15.5 free throw attempts per game. In the four since, the four they've dropped, uh, he's only averaged 6.2 free throw attempts per game. I expect those numbers kind of to, to even out over the season. I don't know, maybe... He's, he's still doing that thing where he dribbles, gets a defender behind them or behind him, and he, he stops. And then he's able to draw the foul there. And I think over the season, it's still going to work. Just not to the extent it was at the beginning of the season. Uh, so I expect him to start averaging 10 free throw attempts per game, and that'll, that'll start bringing his scoring up a little bit. But... You know, since since that hot start, they really haven't had any of their big free agent signings. Uh, Gallo still hasn't played. Rondo's played a few games. And then Bogdanovich recently just got injured. The reports say it was an avulsion fracture in his knee. Uh, there's no timetable for return as of recording this. But that's still a pretty big drop, I would say. Coincidentally, though, back on the, the free throw attempts thing, uh, Trey started averaging less free throw attempts after Steve Nash complained during that Nets game. So that that's a little it's a funny thing to think about. This slump for the Hawks also started after the report came out that during a film session, John Collins voiced his complaints. Um with how Trey Young was being utilized or how he was being utilized. Since those games, uh, John Collins has shot the ball more, gotten more touches, and Trey Young's been trying to, to facil- facilitate a little bit more. But yeah, I, I really, without these free agent signings, I, I think the Hawks are, they're, they're basically the team they were last year. Um, DeAndre Hunter has looked better. Cam Reddish has looked solid. Uh, Kevin Herter has been decent. Uh, when Bogdanovich was playing, it was like 13 points a game. He was okay. Um, I, I don't know how good this team can actually be. And I think this upcoming, probably next 10 games, is really going to show us what the Hawks are really made of. 
if I had to guess, at the end of the season, I think the Hawks are probably. Gosh, I don't know. Because in the in the East, I have. You bet the Sixers are making the playoffs. Celtics should be making the playoffs. Um, Pacers, Miami, the Bucks. I don't know if Orlando can keep it up, but they're definitely in contention. Uh, who was in the playoffs last year? Oh, the Nets. Uh, I don't know if the Wizards can get it together. So I mean, like I, I can really only name seven teams, right? Seven teams right now, that I think for sure will make the playoffs. So I think the Haw- the Hawks have to be in that eight to ten range. And at least give them a shot at the plan. I definitely think they're better than some of the bottom teams in the East. They've looked way uh, better than the Wizards. They look better than the Raptors. They look better than um, the Pistons. So I don't think they're going to be towards the bottom. But it's it's tough to say where they're going to land because they've just this first four this first five games they looked incredible. And these just these last four, they've not looked good at all. Uh, speaking of surprises, though, I have absolutely loved the Hornets this season. I really like what they're doing with Lamelo Ball's development. They're not giving him the keys right away. They're kind of easing him in, and I think that's a really smart idea with the type of player he is. Um, and, and considering the the roster they have around him, uh, they have a they already have two really good guards, and Gordon Hayward's another good ball handler. So to kind of build off their success from last season, they're having Devontae Graham, Terry Rozier start. Uh, Gordon Hayward's a big free agent signing, so he's got to start, and so. Lamelo Ball coming off the bench and still being like a playmaker off the bench and just kind of fitting into the offense that they have, I think has been really good for him because it's not you're not putting too much pressure on Lamelo Ball to do everything, but you're also still giving him an important role on the team and a role that he can thrive at. Um, I don't know if Lamelo Ball eventually starts this season. I think it really depends on if Devontae Graham uh, is good or not. Um, this season, he hasn't looked quite like he did last season. Uh, he's averaging considerably less points per game. Um, but he just doesn't really have the ball that much anymore compared to how he did last season. Um, Terry Rozier shooting the ball a little bit more. Gordon Hayward's got to get his touches. And then Lamelo Ball has the ball in his hand, so this just doesn't really leave room for Devontae Graham anymore. I'm not quite sure what the Hornets do with Devontae Graham after this season. Because um, I believe he is a restricted free agent. But, I don't know. Who knows? He might be cheap to keep, so they might just keep him. Uh, but Lamelo Ball in general, I've been pleasantly surprised with um every game he's played he's just he looks more comfortable and he's got great chemistry with miles bridges 
and some of the other guys on that team. Uh, his shooting has been pretty inconsistent, but he's a rookie. Uh, it's whatever. Uh, I don't think his jump shot form is that bad. So, uh, some people don't like it, but they, it looks fine. Something I've been really uh, happy with about him is that he's not afraid to drive the ball. I think that's one of his one of the problems his brother has uh, is that Lonza is just kind of afraid to drive the ball because he didn't want to shoot free throws, so he doesn't drive. Lamelo Ball is not afraid to drive. That opens up passing lanes for him. It opens up opportunities for his teammates to cut. Uh, and I think that's part of why he's been successful so far in the NBA. Um, he's also a playmaker. Like, he has handles. He can make plays for other players, whereas Lonzo isn't so much as a playmaker, but a passer. Lonzo doesn't really have that great of a handle. Uh, but he, he's he got a good feel for, like, for passing. But I don't think he Lonzo necessarily makes plays for others. Terry Rozier is also, I know I mentioned him earlier, but Terry Rozier is averaging like 20 points per game. That's just something I, I never expected Terry Rozier to do. Uh, and then Gordon Hayward, just he's looking closer to what he was in Utah. Um, so that's really nice for the Hornets. If he is that player he was in Utah for two or three years, that contract isn't that bad. Because um, that's an all-star level player that you're paying $30 million in a year for. Uh, so that contract doesn't look that bad. But overall, the Hornets have just been fun to watch. They're cl- in close games. Uh, they're exciting. And th- th- this team just looks like it has good chemistry. And that's, that is the recipe for success on a lot of teams. My other surprising team, though, of the year is the Thunder. Uh, I thought they were supposed to be tanking. Uh, apparently not. Thunder just uh, you know, like to sneak in the playoffs every year. Uh, right now they're five and four. Um, and they've been in a lot of close games, and they are able, you know, to pull it out sometimes. Uh. I know people rag on Al Horford for being washed, but I think that was more so the role he was put in with Philadelphia. Um, I think Al Horford's still a pretty good player. I don't, he, I don't think he's worth the money that he's being paid, but it's only for this season and then I believe next season, so it's really not that bad of a contract. Um. I do wonder if the Thunder decide to uh, trade George Hill and Horford, or if there are any offers. I wonder which teams would even want Al Horford for this year and the next year. I think someone will, will try to take George Hill. That contract has a team option after this year, so... I think that's an easy contract to get rid of. Maybe get a pick. Maybe get a young player. Who knows? 
but I think I think another thing with the Thunder is that injuries to teams have helped them. Um, at least record wise, like I think if the Mavericks had Porzingis this entire time, they probably wouldn't be five hundred right now. I know they've played the Nets without Kyrie. Uh, like it's just, I. It hasn't been, like, too beneficial for them, but it's helped them out a little bit. I think in the coming weeks, we'll, they'll start to to drop. If they are going to drop, they'll start to start to lose more games. And I think around game 20 is when, when we'll know for sure whether this team is actually going to go for the playoffs or just start tanking. Uh, but this is a great year to tank, and I thought that was the plan for them, or at least not not necessarily not necessarily tank, but just like develop the young players they have: Darius Baisley, uh, Shea, Lou Dort. Lou Dort has shot the ball much better this year. Uh, Baisley's been decent. I think Baisley can be a, a good player for them in the future. I don't know. I don't know what the Thunder are going to do. Last year, everyone thought they were going to tank, and then they went and took Houston to seven in the playoffs. So, Thunder Thunder could do anything. Uh, but the last team I want to talk about specifically here are the Bucks. Uh, the Bucks don't look quite the same as they did last year, despite what I think to be upgrading the roster. <clears throat> Uh, last year they were first in um, defensive rating and this year they're 12th right now they're not it's not like they're like bottom of the league they're kind of in the middle league they're in that middle third of teams but it's just it's it's tough to be as good as they were last year without having the defense they did. And I, I'm not sure what is quite the cause of that because I think Drew Holiday is a complete upgrade over Eric Bledsoe. Um, the stats might not speak for themselves, but defensively, I think Drew Holiday is much better than Eric Bledsoe. Eric Bledsoe made an all-defensive team last season. Um. Who they oh they're starting I think they were starting Wes Matthews last year. I think DiVincenzo is the same or he fills the 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 same role or is even a little bit better. Uh the bench is definitely not as good, but I think they have too many good defensive players on this team for the bench to be that much of a difference maker. Um, some notable defensive differences from at least percentage wise from this year and last year. Um, they're 15th in the league in uh, opponents three point percentage. That's around 37%. That's not too much different from last year. They're around like 35% and they're still 15th in the league. So that's not, they're not getting killed from three. Um, right now they are 50%. 
from the field or their opponents are shooting 50% from the field against them. So that could just be, you know, like a 10 game uh, or 10 or nine game outlier, not outlier, but you know, just like a slump. Um, They could just the next 62 games, they could just hold people like 45%. Um, but that's good for 10th in the league right now. Uh, but last season, the Bucks were number one uh, when it came to opponents' field goal percentage and opponents' two-point percentage. I think that's the, the big difference maker in their defense. The offense have, has been relatively the same. They're still number one in offense this season. So offense is not the problem at all for the Bucks. Um, but the Bucks have gotten blown out a, a couple times this season, uh, which is definitely surprising to say the least. I know they kind of flamed out in the playoffs, but <clears throat> and I really don't know who the Bucks are. Maybe the Bucks are just kind of going through the motions right now, and later on in the season they'll, they'll kind of turn it on. Um, but I expected the Bucks to be a top two, top three seed in the conference, and right now they're hovering around five, six. Teams are still close, so they're not that far away. Um, but we'll see if they're they're able to separate themselves. I think Divincenzo uh, has been good this season. I know they're trying to trade him for Bogdanovich, and then that whole fiasco happened. Uh, I think it actually is better than what they would have gotten out of Bogdanovich. Uh, he's a cheaper player. He's a younger player. I think he's better defensively than Bogdanovich, and he's going to average the same amount of points. You know, Bogdanovich is averaging like 13 points right now. Uh, plus, he's injured, so. And he's getting what I think to be massively overpaid. So I think this is this was actually a win, that whole thing falling through for them. Um,. So that's all I got for just teams in general that I wanted to talk about. But every week I want to do power rankings. And I think this this week I'm just going to do power rankings 1 through 10. Uh, I do not want to go through all 30 teams. That would take forever. So I'm just going to go through my top 10 teams at this point in the season. Um, and then maybe, maybe we'll talk about some teams I didn't include. And why I didn't, why they might be included later. Uh, this is something I think I want to do every week. Um, just kind of track how things are going. Uh, number one, uh, I would say to no surprise, is the Lakers. They've had guys in and out of the lineup, um, and they've still had the best record in the league. And I think out of all the teams in the league, they've looked the most consistent, um, especially out of like the, the teams you expect to be top teams. So that's why I have them at number one. At number two, I have the Sixers. Again, they've got they're tied for the second best record in the league. Um, we're somewhere around there. The games are all their teams have all played different number of games. So it's hard to really judge who's right now who has the best and second best, that kind of difference. But they're one of the top records in the league. Embiid has 
been what I would say my MVP front runner so far. I don't know if it's going to stay that way. But I don't know if they're going to stay number two in the coming week or they're going to drop. Because right now they have to deal with that whole the whole COVID uh, protocol and having a lot of guys out of their lineup right now. Um, so I do expect them to drop some games. Uh, so that's definitely going to drop them at number two. But, you know. It'll it'll be fine. They'll they'll bounce back. Um, number three for me has been the Suns. The Suns have looked much better than I thought they would have looked coming into the season, especially adding Chris Paul when they did. They didn't really have a full training camp, but Chris Paul has made a has made a huge difference on that team, especially when it comes to these close games. Um. The Suns have been in a lot of close games, and they're the ones that are able to pull out. So that that's definitely contributed to, to their record right now. Uh, I think this team hasn't even reached their potential yet. Devin Booker is not scoring like he did last season. Uh, Aiton has been okay. Uh, he's averaging like 11 points. I was hoping he'd be averaging more than that. I was hoping he'd be more impactful than that. I'm not quite sure why he hasn't shown much improvement from last season. Uh, seems offensively he's regressed a little bit, but again, it's only been 10 games. We'll see how the season plays out. But I think this team could be much better if Booker can start scoring like he did last season in Aiton brings up his scoring a little bit, and I think they become a little bit more dangerous. Um, but McCall Bridges has been fantastic for them. De- defensively, offensively, he's been great. Um, he's one of the, the reasons they've been top of the league so far. Uh, number four, I have the Pacers. They're one of two teams with three guys averaging 20. Uh, Oladipo looks healthy. He's looking close to what he was in his all-star season, if not there already. Uh, Brogdon and Sabonis both look like all-stars right now. Um, Sabonis is one of the best passing bigs in the game. Uh, he's averaging you know, six to seven assists a game right now. I don't know if he can keep it up because those are, those are some Jokic numbers right there. But, but God, the, the Pacers have just looked great. Uh, number five, I have the Celtics. Uh, both Tatum and Brown have been all NBA caliber this season for me. Um, I've been really impressed with how Brown has expanded his game, kind of taken that next step as a player. Uh, unfortunately for them, just like the Sixers, they got hit with the, the COVID protocol stuff. And now they're going to have... A lot of guys missing from the lineup in these coming games. I know they just had the Miami game postponed. Um, so who knows how many more of their games will be postponed until they get their, their guys back. But both Tatum and Brown are out for COVID protocols. So even if um, they're able to play these get their games this week, barring injuries, um. If Tatum and Brown aren't back yet, it's it's going to be tough to win those games, especially without any of the other players they're missing. Uh, 
at six, I have the Clippers. Um, the Clippers have a good record right now. They're seven and four, but they've looked inconsistent. They look like they still need playmaking. Um, their bench has not been very good. Uh, Lou Will has just looked like a shell of himself. I know that's just because he's not, he does not have the ball in his hands like he did last season. Um, and it doesn't help that the Clippers have just blown big leads, a few big leads this season. Uh, and they lost one of the games that they blew on a lead in um, against the Warriors. Uh, but overall, the Clippers have still looked like the Clippers last season. I just, the Clippers, when they get a big lead, they just seems, it seems like they just kind of let up. They don't, instead of just kind of putting their foot on the neck of their opponent, they just kind of they just kind of let their opponent get back up, get back into games. Uh, number seven, I have the Bucks, and number one offense in the league right now. Defense is okay. They have Giannis. Chris Milton has looked great. Not much to say about the Bucks. That I haven't said before. Uh, number eight for me, uh, the Nuggets. They had that slow start, starting one and four. Since then, they've had a four-game win streak. Uh, Jokic is still averaging a triple-double. Uh, is another MVP front runner for me if they can keep up uh, how they're playing. Um, let's see how their next four games go. They have the Knicks, Brooklyn, um, the Warriors, and the Jazz as their next four games. Uh. They haven't seemed to miss Michael Porter Jr. Uh, since he's been out with COVID protocol, so I don't, I don't know if that's just because they've been playing poor teams. I know they just played the Baron, or the the <laughs> the Tyrese Maxey Seventy Sixers, um, and that was a closer game than I would have hoped it to be for them. But we'll see. Uh, the Jazz, I have at number nine. Uh, the Jazz just look consistent. They're the Jazz. Um, this is how the Jazz are every season. Uh, Mike Conley definitely looks like more and more like Mike Conley again, the Mike Conley that they traded for. So that's a really good sign for them. Uh, they have a pretty easy schedule coming up. Uh, they've got Cleveland. I'm not sure if uh, Darius Garland and Colin Sexton are playing. Uh, they've got Washington and then Atlanta. So they should get at least, I would say, two wins out of these next three. Uh, and then number 10, the the Warriors. I think they had a pretty rough start to the season. Um, but since like those first couple of games, Steve Curry made some adjustments to the offense, run a little bit more pick and roll. Curry's been uh had the ball has the ball a little bit more. Um and they've kind of played they've played well as a team. Uh Curry has still been pretty inconsistent shooting so far during the season. Uh I don't think there's any way that that continues, so I think they can only get better from there. Uh, Ubre has been horrible still. Uh he's still playing defense, which is great. But he just he cannot throw a ball into an ocean right now. Um, there's 
I would say it's pretty impossible for the way Ubre is shooting to continue. So if Ubre can just shoot his normal percentages from this point forward, that's a huge boost to this team. And just gets a player who's been got off for them to actually have an impact. Uh, Wiggins has been okay this season, but uh, the biggest thing with him, he's actually playing defense this time. Um, so that helps you get an engaged Andrew Wiggins. Uh, and I have loved Wiseman. I love Wiseman. I think he should be getting more playing time for them, honestly. Um, I think the reason he's not is kind of what uh, Draymond Green was saying earlier about the week about him is that he gets a little bit frustrated when he makes a bad play and he's just got to forget and move on. And so I think that's the reason he's just not playing more because it's not like he's getting into foul trouble or anything else. He's just not playing that many minutes. And I think that's just the either that the either it's because he's a rookie and Steve Kerr just doesn't trust him yet um, or something else. So who knows? Um, some notable omissions, I would say. The Nets... Um, I, the Nets have been inconsistent even right now. Uh, right now, Kyrie is still MIA. Um, even with them, they've been inconsistent. Um, so I, like, I don't know how how the Nets are. They really haven't played that many games together. Um, Orlando, they had that hot start, but they've just they've got an injury bug going on. Is not looking good for them. I, I'm not quite sure where Orlando is going to finish. Dallas. Um, Lucas struggled a little bit. But they're getting Porzingis back. So that should be good for them. Um, Portland. Uh, their defense has not been that good. So we'll see. Uh, oh, Miami. Miami's right now not even in the playoff picture. I know they haven't played that many games, um, but regardless, I'm not sure Miami's going to be like a top regular season performing team. Uh, they weren't last year. Um, I think they're going to be around the four, five, six seed again. Um, but Miami's just like a team that like is much better in the playoffs, where they can make an adjustment after every game. Um, just because like they don't have that star player that takes over games like Jimmy Butler's a great star player but he didn't just he doesn't take over every game um and again here has been okay Duncan Robinson's been Duncan Robinson Bam's and Bam everyone's just playing like they are they're just they are just a better team in the playoffs because they can make those adjustments uh, I think that's it though for for notable missions um yeah, I'm not quite sure which teams I would have uh in this top ten, maybe in the future. Who knows? Maybe the Knicks are like really good. And then they, they sneak their way into the top ten. That'd be fun, right? Um that's all I got for this week on the step back with Andrew Martini. I've been Andrew Martini. This has been the step back. I'll see you next week.